0: Hello everybody, Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today, we're thrilled to have Robin Gobi of the Fleet Feet franchise. When people talk about the heart and soul of Fleet Feet, Robin's name almost always comes up. She's a passionate and magnetic executive who oversees all franchise development opportunities for the franchise and travels across the country to meet with prospective owners, conversion candidates, and Fleet Feet store employees to discuss the pathway to ownership. I think what you'll find with my interview with Robin is, is she's a very passionate, engaged person who literally has worked every position in this franchise and has been through the ups and downs of a rebranding and a lot of different challenges. Uh, so has she, she brings a really great full 360 perspective on the franchise aspect of it and just the business aspect of it. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Robin. Hello, Robin. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing?
1: I'm fine. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you. Um, you're part of a long-standing uh, franchise system called Fleet Feet, mm-hmm. and it's my understanding that you are the the longest-standing employee with the company.
1: Yes, I've been here more than 20 years.
0: That's awesome. Well, I always like to start off by having my interviewee tell a little bit about the franchise business and sort of how you got involved with it.
1: Okay. So, um, so Fleet Feet is a franchise that's been around since 1976. Uh, I am not old enough to have been there when it was founded, but um, I have been here for a long time and it was founded because there was a need for um, people to find products that they couldn't find in other places. So uh, when running began to get pretty popular in the 70s, there was this whole you know running thing that happened in the 70s with Frank Shorter and the Olympics and all of that. There were more people starting to run, but people couldn't really find the products that they needed. And so two women in Sacramento founded Fleet Feet in order to, again, provide a place where people could find the products and to provide a place where we could educate people on the products. So it's not just you walking in and seeing all these products on the wall. It's about us being able to explain them to you, find out what your needs are, and kind of match you with the products that will make your experience, whether it's with running or walking, better. And I was a runner all through um, – you know, my childhood and through college, and I was looking for an opportunity in the running industry. And I kind of happened to just find Fleet Feet because I was looking to get experience in the running specialty channel, which is our trade channel. And I wanted to actually go back and work on the vendor side with New Balance. And so I needed to get some experience um, in the channel. And so I I found a job at a Fleet Feet in Springfield, Virginia, and I was just part-time and I was fitting shoes, and um, I was waitressing on the side to make ends meet, and slowly I got to know more people within the industry, and somehow that I've been lucky enough that it's led me here. I, I didn't know that you could have a career in something that you just like to do, so I've been really lucky with that. Well,
0: it's interesting to me because it sounds like obviously you started at a franchisee location.
1: Yep. I started at a franchisee location that's actually, that got de-franchised or disenfranchised or however you want to say. It's not even there. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. So
0: so that's probably a whole nother story. (laughs) That's
1: a whole nother story. so. So what happened is the founder of, well, the original founder, there were two women and then one bought the other one out and Sally Edwards is the one who stayed on. And then in 1993, Sally Edwards sold it to Tom Rayner, so it's been you know, personally owned. And so Tom started as the owner in 1993, and I got hired pretty soon after that. I started actually at the end of 1993, and at that point he was going around trying to figure out because the brand wasn't actually doing that well. Some of the franchises were actually some of the franchises were actually very successful, but the brand as a whole. And really, the running specialty channel was kind of in a weird place. It was all owned by just runners, and they weren't really treating it as a business. And that included a lot of the Fleet Feet locations. And so they just, they weren't profitable. And so, you know, stores would close, and stores wouldn't pay their bills on time. And so Tom, at the time, was going around trying to figure out, okay, which stores are willing to kind of make that, transfer or that transition into actually treating it as a business. I mean, stores would close. They would put a sign on the door, you know, "Gone running, be back in an hour. I mean, it wasn't a business. And so Tom (laughs) wanted to change that. And so when he hired me, that's kind of what he was trying to do. He was trying to figure out what, you know, what franchises are going to continue. And I was actually one of his first hires. And, um, so he, he went and, um, he actually disenfranchised Springfield because the franchisee was just not treating people well and it just wasn't good for the brand. And so he got removed from the system and it actually went from, I think like 42 franchises at the time down to 28. Um, And so by then, you know, let's say it's 1995, it's grown. And now we're at 175 stores in 37 States.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. So, I mean, well, first of all, like, you know, I know this from experience just from working with people in the franchise industry. First of all, to be able to have the wherewithal to say that there's a problem and then shrink the stores. I mean, that's hard to do, right? I mean, that's that's really that's really a hard decision to make. So you go down 42 to 28, obviously trying to fix a problem in the system and then now 175 stores later. So when you started, you know, fitting people for shoes, then obviously you worked your way up within that system when when that franchise was closed down, so that's when you went and flipped on, you went onto the corporate side of things for the franchisor?
1: It's a little more circuitous than that. I left that store because I didn't like the owner. He just wasn't, he didn't treat his employees well, and it just wasn't a good situation for me. And so I left and I was working at another running specialty store. This is in Washington, D.C. now. And Tom found my name and he came and he sat down with me and he said, what happened? Like, why did you leave? And I said, well, you know, I wanted to get experience in this and you know, that. And, um, and he said, really? Like, why did you leave? Like, tell me the truth. And I said, you really want to know the truth? <laughs> and he said, yes. And I said, OK, here it is. The guy is a little bit crazy and he says things that are completely inappropriate and it's just not a good situation especially for women. And so that's how he ended up closing him down. Um and that's just one again of, you know, of many that Tom went around, but yes, there was a lot of risk involved in doing it that way.
0: Yeah, do you get the sense when Tom took over, it sounded like they had had some pretty good franchise growth, but maybe not a good operational structure or a good quality control structure in place to be managing the franchisees?
1: I think actually the idea made complete sense. So Sally Edwards was a visionary, and and Elizabeth Jansen, who was the co-founder, they had a vision, and they really understood that there was a need for the running specialty channel. And there were other running specialty stores kind of popping up in other places around the country at the same time, and they weren't even planning to franchise. They just opened a store, and then they opened another store. And then they had someone come to them and say, you know, would you be willing to franchise? So there was a whole plan and and it actually, it made sense. But yes, I think they were, they were small and they may not have had all the resources they needed to, um, I don't know, maybe support all of the stores the way the stores needed to be supported. I I can't really say because I wasn't there, but when Tom bought it, there were a number of things that he needed to do to kind of, I I guess, get it to kind of the next chapter because it was a great chapter but he needed to get it to the next chapter. And so he saw the opportunity to change. So it was running specialty, but we really catered a lot to people who, you know, maybe ran a little bit faster or ran more. And maybe that's what just what running specialty was about at that time. But Tom saw an opportunity to really be able to tie in or kind of bring it to the masses more, because more people were starting to run. And then throughout the 80s and into the 90s, you had women starting to run. You had people starting to do you know, marathons to raise money for things. And so you had all of these different types of people than you had before, people who were not running very much, people who were different um, sizes and ages and different abilities. And he saw an opportunity to create stores That matched what the customer needed at the time. And so the stores became a place where you could find more women's clothing and more women's bras and uh, clothing in different sizes, like extra large and extra, extra large and, you know, much higher, you know, bigger cups and bra sizes. And you began to see beginning training programs to help new people become more healthy and active. And instead of having a store where you I don't know if they weren't merchandised that well, but there wasn't necessarily a, a whole kind of product plan. Now you had more boutiques type stores with really good lighting and they actually were nice to shop and you could actually fit a stroller in between fixtures. And they became a place where a lot more women felt more comfortable coming. And so you know now we kind of expanded the reach. And that's really how we were able to grow is by like watching where the customer was going and matching what they needed, and providing a place to bring those types of people together. Because especially beginning runners, they don't know what they need. They don't know how to avoid injuries. And they were looking for that. And so we've been able to tap into that. And that's really what Feet is about. We connect with people on not just a transactional level, where people come in and buy stuff from us, but on an emotional level, where we become part of their social structure. And they come into run with us and run in groups and they meet like-minded people and they, you know, can achieve their goals, but in a very comfortable setting, very inclusive
0: setting. And so what was Tom's background that gave him, I mean, how did he come to take over the franchise? Did he have a particular background in growing businesses? He
1: had a background on the vendor side and actually most of the people when I first started, they did come from the vendor side and even before, so I left Fleet Feet um, and I went to work for New Balance and I worked for Saucony and I came back and so a lot of the people at the time, yeah, we were from the vendor side but it's hard to put Tom into words. He was a visionary, very dynamic personality, like he could just bring people together and get them excited and, and we could all kind of be, you know, maybe in, going in different directions and somehow Tom would kind of all put us in the same direction and you know with a franchise, how important that is. He was a great speaker. He was an orator more. He actually, he had written speeches for Jimmy Carter. Really? Um, So he, he knew how to speak and he knew how to write. And so he, but he came from the vendor side and then he found Fleet Feet and he started actually working for Sally and then he bought Sally out. So that's really what happened. And he kind of knew it from the inside out. So he saw what the needs were at the time and he kind of, he knew going in what, what changes he was going to
0: make. Well, and so what have you seen? Because obviously, you know, you've been there from the beginning of when when Tom came aboard. And so you've seen the franchise shrink from 42 down to 28 and then all of a sudden grow up to 175 plus. What, what's that been like? What's that journey been like? And what have your roles been in the company? I mean, I got to imagine they've, they've changed over time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Probably multiple yes, times. Have.
1: So first it was really just kind of Tom and me. And so um, I would travel around to stores. My title was franchise support coordinator. And I would travel around to stores and help them with inventory management and marketing and customer acquisition and, I mean, all different types. I was in charge, like everything, all of the support. And uh, now I'm in charge of development. And so you, as the company grows, as any company grows, your job, like you don't need to do everything anymore and you can start to focus. So I was doing, you know, I was support coordinator and then I was doing a lot of marketing. So I would work with stores on their marketing plans. I, you know, would write press releases. I would work closely with vendors on their buying programs and that type of thing. And then, gosh, now about eight years ago now, I became in charge of development. And so now what I do is helping uh, new franchisees kind of navigate the journey from a franchise candidate all the way through opening. We have company-owned stores, and so I help find people who want to operate company-owned stores and help kind of vet them and then get them on board. We have found new ways to grow. And so what that means is that we open our own stores now. So I will look at markets. We acquire independent stores. So I look at those. And then we also actually... We convert existing independent stores. So we have been able to build and create so many amazing tools, honestly, in our channel Um, and working with vendors and their development and just so many operational efficiencies, marketing efficiencies, just everything that you can do. What can we we take off a franchisee's plate so they can focus on the things that really matter?
0: You're really involved. It sounds like with the day to day in terms of the application process, the onboarding, and then helping make sure that they're getting off to a good start, and and the franchisor is helping them along the way.
1: Yeah. So my job, really, one of my main jobs is yes to find franchise candidates and then to um, vet them, take them from that from the beginning all the way through. So um, coming here for a visit, us you know going to a market, and we're looking at space with the real estate brokers, and then um, kind of the onboarding. We have a great operations team, and I can kind of hand them over to the operations team who will train them and really do the onboarding from there. We also have people um, in development who are great who help them with the leasing process and the build out. So now we have just we have an amazing team, honestly. We have about 50 people here who are at our corporate office. Uh, we call it the store support team. And um, we, we just have a really a lot of good processes to help people get started.
0: Well, and so the, the finding of franchise candidates is something that is a hot topic and of high interest for a lot of new and emerging franchisors. You know, it's easier said than done, right? And, and I think that there's a lot of tactical ways to do it. There's, you know, lots of companies out there that'll help you do it. There's lots of digital strategies and social media and all that kind of stuff. I'm curious, since this is one of your main roles, what are you doing to attract good franchisees to the Fleet Feet franchise?
1: So um, honestly, it's funny that you ask that. It has been, it is challenging. I have to say, we used to get a lot of inquiries and we don't actually get as many inquiries anymore. And so trying to use like regular lead generators, that doesn't really work for us. I think because we're an owner operator system. And so the, the, it's not an investment. You actually go in and you work with customers. You're in your community. You're building, you know, the, the running community around you. You are, you are fitting customers. You're, you know, sitting on a, on a fitting stool and working with feet. And so, you know, the, the standard lead generators, I'm, at least in my experience, they, they haven't worked for us at all. What we do, it, it's, there's no really way to do it from a Um, proactive standpoint we're a little bit more reactive i wish we were more proactive but what happens is we have a lot of people who were customers who were employees um that that type of thing those are the people who um, own our stores honestly they knew the brand to begin with they didn't just kind of hear about it online or read about it um you know in a franchise magazine or something like that that honestly hasn't really worked for us so these people actually they have like intrinsic knowledge of the brand and so they come to us and they they love what we do which is great Um, and so it it has happens a little bit more organically in fact about one third of our franchises or are owned or operated by um, former employees even I love that it's happened that way for us instead of kind of the, the normal way I
0: guess Well, I love that. That's a great model. I mean, I always think it's smart to hire and promote within because, you know, then you're giving people who may think they're just coming in or participating as an employee with a limited capacity. You're giving them a higher ceiling, you know, something where they could, if they really wanted to work through and learn the business and then become an owner of the business. So I think that that is a very, very effective way to do it. I'm thrilled that you were transparent and honest in your answer because I think that it is hard to just hire a company that is not intimate with your franchise or doesn't have, doesn't deal with it day in and day out and doesn't understand it to then go and try to find people for it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it just, it doesn't work. It has happened here and there with people who just really believed in, like they learned about it later, um, you know, or they read about it and they, they did kind of learn about it as they went and they were serious about you know building a running community they wanted to own their own business they wanted to do something they were pa- passionate about most of them came from like you know a running background or they you know were just longtime runners and so they found something that they were passionate about and wanted to do but again yes, most of the time it does just happen a little bit more organically and th- that has worked really well for us but I do think that as the world changes, You do need to find ways to attract new candidates, especially, I mean, brick and mortar is harder. It just is harder than it used to be because of online and a number of other things. We continue to evolve to drive people in the door Um, through digital marketing and other programs. We're able to get the word out more, but it it hasn't necessarily translated into driving new franchise inquiries or driving new franchise candidates to us. Um, And so we'll just continue to look for ways to do that.
0: So these are physical stores within retail centers, I'm assuming, right? Yes.
1: And and mostly in, yes, like strip shopping centers around the country. Mm
0: -hmm. What's an ideal franchisee candidate? I mean, what, what kind of qualities, what kind of characteristics, what kind of experience would they possess?
1: So you would think that there would have been a number of people who came from a retail background, which actually isn't the case. We have people who have come from all different types of background. We have nurses and accountants and um, radio salespeople. We actually have a nuclear physicist. So you don't necessarily have to have a running background. What you have to have is a just a core belief that living a healthy lifestyle is a good thing. And so um, you don't necess- you don't have to be a good runner. You don't even have to be a runner at all. But appreciating running and walking and, and being physically active, that's really important. Our most successful franchisees are people who are extremely driven. So I don't think anyone gets into the business of opening their own store or starting their own, their own company and not being extremely driven. They're focused. They know what they want to do. And they are going to find a way to do it. It's that bring it on mentality. I kind of equate it to the Patriots. So the Super Bowl was last night. And it's kind of the same thing. Somehow the Patriots always find a way to win. And our franchisees, like it's hard. But somehow they always find a way to be successful. Not always. But our most successful franchisees do. Uh, the second thing I look for are people who they are very engaging. They come across as genuine. They come across as, you know, just they have leadership qualities. They have a presence. They can go out and talk to people. Our customer acquisition plan is our franchisees going out and working within the community, all different aspects of the community, um, and, and trying to create Flea Feet as like a center of running and walking and health and fitness. And so you have to be able to go out and engage with people get them excited about what you're doing, and they have to like you. So when a franchise candidate comes in, you know, are they likable? Do they come across as genuine? And do we feel that, they, that we will be setting them up for success if we put them out into the marketplace to do it? And then the last thing I'll say is they are people who it is fulfilling for them to help other people meet their fitness and health goals. Um, it resonates with them. So one of the things we do is we help train someone who's not active right now to walk or run their first 5K. And so to watch someone cross the finish line of a 5K, someone who you have helped get to that point, kind of you know put in miles with them, is that fulfilling to you? And if it is, then it makes sense. So those are some of the qualities that we look for.
0: What's a good place for somebody to reach out or should they reach out to you directly if they're interested in learning more about the fleet feed franchise?
1: Oh my gosh, I don't care how you <laughs> reach out as long as you do. So our, um, you can go to franchise.fleetfeet.com, and that will take you um, directly to the development portion of our website, or you can simply go to fleetfeet.com, and you'll find uh, you know, opportunities for ownership and to operate stores within there as well. You can email me. You can call me. Uh, I'm happy to provide my contact information. As long as you reach out, I will gladly speak with you.
0: Yeah, so what what's a good email for you?
1: It's Robin R O B Y N dot Gobi, Goby G O B Y at Fleetfeet.com. Um, or they can call me at the office. It's 919-913-4403. That's my direct line.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing a little bit about the the franchise. I think it's a fascinating story and and I think it's equally fascinating that you've made such a incredible career out of it when literally it sounded like it started with you just going into to just get a job, you know, any old job, and 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 look what it's turned into. So I think that's a credit to you, and I think it's a credit to the franchise that they recognize that. At least Tom recognized that, and you've been around this entire time, so that's fantastic. I've
1: been very, very lucky. I've had the opportunity to work with and learn from, honestly, some amazing people, and to do something that I'm really passionate about.
0: Well, keep up the good work, and I'm excited to to hear about the continued growth of the franchise.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria. And then click on the link that says Ratings and Reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.